I'm Katie. And I'm Steve. And this is the City of Reading Podcast. Super excited right now. The Reading Municipal Airport, affectionately known as RDD, is seeing two new flights coming in. Uh, Velo Airlines, a new low-cost provider, will be offering direct flights three days a week from RDD to Hollywood Burbank. And Alaska Airlines will be offering nonstop flights to Seattle, which is awesome. And super exciting. Both of these flights have really impressive fares. So the Avello Airlines to Hollywood Burbank is starting at $19 each way right now. $19. And Seattle on Alaska is starting at about $95. So these are great fares. This is in addition to the United Airlines flights that existed pre-COVID, uh, direct flights to San Francisco International Airport, SFO, as well as uh, Los Angeles through LAX. So those will be picking back up. We'll now have two SFO flights a day, as well as one LAX flight. So we'll, we'll be getting those back up to the pre-pandemic schedule as well. So for the purposes of today's podcast, we talk with Reading Airport's manager, Jim Wadley, to learn more about these exciting new additions and what it means for the future of the Reading Airport. Jim, thank you so much for being back on the podcast with us. We have some very exciting news that have come out in the last couple weeks with some new flights added to the Reading Airport. We have Alaska direct to Seattle and Avello direct to Burbank. Hoping for this episode, you could talk us through those two flights, why they're exciting for Reading, what kind of new things they bring to the Reading Airport, and why the community should care about these. Yes, certainly. So to, first up is going to be uh, a new airline, Avello. Um, they have decided on the West Coast to make Burbank their their home, um, their their base airport, and they chose Reading to to operate out of. So three times a week, they are going to fly in and out of Reading. And right now it's Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And that begins on May 20th. It's exciting because this is a, with not only is it a new airline, they're going to be bringing in a 737-800 series, which has a, uh, a seating capacity of 189 passengers. And so that's, that's a lot. Um, we do see 737s come into Reading on, on a, on an irregular basis with the charter flights and, and, uh, like casino flights and things like that. So, you know, the, the larger aircraft do come in right now, but this will be on a regular basis and it will be scheduled. The other interesting thing is that it's going to be an ultra low cost. Uh, right now, the introductory flights are $19 each way to Burbank. That's an incredible deal to get to the LA basin. You use the term low cost airline. Could you talk to us a little bit about what the advantages and drawbacks are to a low cost airline? Well, that's it's a really good question. And the way I can kind of summarize it, an ultra low cost airline will generally try to put more seats and and try to find ways to lower their operating costs. And I'll give you an example of one of the, the main ways they do that. Some airlines, they want an exclusive use agreement at the airport. They want their own ticket counter. They don't want to share it and they want their brand up and, you know, this is theirs. Well, Avalo, they just want to come in and they want to pay for their chunk of time that they're using the airport, kind of like a use fee. So they try to keep you know their costs as low as possible so that they can pass on those savings to the customer. And then 
June 17th, we will have our first arrival from Seattle, and it'll be flown by Alaska Airlines, and the first departure will be the very next morning on the 18th. And Alaska Airlines used to operate out of this airport. Since I've been here for about two years now, they that's all I heard about it is, you know, when are you bringing Alaska back? Well, they're here. They're here, and uh, they're going to be operating daily to Seattle. It's 7.30 departure, and then the arrival will be at about 8 p.m. every evening as well. That aircraft will remain overnight. So, Jim, what is the current status of the United Airline flights to San Francisco and Los Angeles? Another exciting change that is happening right now with uh, United Airlines, they're flying to San Francisco on June 3rd. We gain all the other SFO flights that were suspended because of the, uh, the pandemic last year. And that means there's more options to depart for our our community. You can choose the time that works for you, get your connecting flight if you need that. And and so we're excited for that. And and we still have our LA flight that is in the afternoon right now. Uh, It it arrives about 2.16 and leaves 3.06. And, uh, you know, we're talking with the airline right now about bringing that back to the morning flight. And I think that that might happen July or so. A lot of excitement. There's a lot of flights. When I'm looking at the schedule, this this is really exciting because this is what I'm, I'm used to seeing is, is a full schedule, except this, this time there's more. Jim, has there been any discussion or movement on the potential addition of a flight east, such as Denver? We hear that discussed a lot. Earlier this year, we applied for a small community air service development grant with the Department of Transportation. And what that was for was, uh, was for a revenue guarantee for United to fly to Denver International. And that is a, a very big deal for a, a number of reasons. You know, Denver is not exactly close to Reading. Uh, so that stage length does have uh, some limitations and, and concerns on, on capacity. And, and they want to, they don't want to take a small aircraft and fly it that far. They want, they want a bigger one. So aircraft inventory is something that they're going to have to shuffle for, um, for this kind of flight. Now, I, I know from, um, you know, research, you know, a year ago that they were, uh, United was going to be acquiring more 70-seater aircraft, which is our market, really. Um, so we would be asking that they use a 70-seater aircraft to depart Reading to Denver. And this revenue guarantee would help support that flight until it fully matures. And it would happen just like the LA flight, which actually had a very um, good success story. This is something that we're hopeful to get an answer by the fall of this year. And that means if we're selected, this flight could start next summer. These things do take time. They don't, uh, they don't develop very fast. There's a lot of behind the scenes things involved with, uh, with the startup of a new service. But nevertheless, it's, uh, it's, this is one of those marathons that the airport has to run. This Denver flight is going to be really critical for those that want to connect and literally go worldwide. There's a lot of destinations in the continental U.S. that you can get, you can reach from Denver that you can't from SFO or LAX. So there's a lot of value with connections and saving time by going east instead of going south or north to go east. I wanted to comment again on the prices of these two flights. So you're saying ultra low cost for Avello. Their introductory rates are at $19. I just looked up a, a you know a random flight in September. It's looking like it's $29 or $39. I mean, this is very low cost to fly. 
I feel like is is directly contradictory to what many people think about the Reading Airport. They think it's expensive to fly out of Reading, but I think these two new flights really prove that it can be affordable. Alaska's as low as $95. I mean, I think we can say that flying out of Reading is no longer cost prohibitive for the most part if you are using these these two carriers. How do you see that affecting the pricing of the Reading Airport overall? I'm really glad you brought that up because that is something that I would love for this community to understand. In the past, I think it has been very costly and and there's been you know fewer options. With more airlines, you, you do get the competition. And and so with uh you know, like Sacramento, there's obviously a lot of airlines there. And so that competition exists there. And so there is a premium rate from Reading here. So Avalo does have a ultra low cost flavor. And what you get with Alaska is the ability to connect. And it's my understanding that there's about 115 connections from Seattle. So you can reach their whole distribution from Seattle. There's going to be value there. With regard to the new airlines coming on and, and obviously the excitement around that, the experience coming to the terminal with parking, going in, checking in, baggage, security lines, the expectation is that the terminal itself will, will be quite a bit more crowded. What measures are being taken to address that? What can we expect with that overall experience? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's important for folks to understand that if you've flown here before and you know, it was a really relaxing experience and you could just go right through to the hold room, wait until it's time to board, you know, those days you could you could show up a little late. You, know, you really could. We never encouraged that because you never know. But now with more flights, in particular, when they overlap with another one, that is when you're going to want to make sure that you are heeding to those recommendations. You know, they, right now that recommendation is two hours. You know, if you can arrive two hours, then you're, you're going to be good. And I'll explain why. So we have one passenger screening lane and one baggage screening lane. And both of those only have so much throughput per hour. And in June, we will have some extra flights overlapping. So, for example, the San Francisco and the L.A. flight will be at the same time approximately with the Burbank flight. And the niche for Avello is quick turns. They want to keep that aircraft moving and not sitting on the ground. So when they deplane, as soon as possible, they're going to be uh, boarding. Now, if you arrive two hours before you get your bags through and, and you get yourself through, then you're you're going to be in really good shape. When, when those start overlapping with other ones, now we're going to see a little bit more congestion. And that's just something that you folks need to be aware of. And then you know, we'll be able to get you through. But some things that I want to do on the interim, there's some long-term ideas as well, but on the interim, what we want to be able to do is take the screening machines out of the room that they're in now and actually move it into the lobby where, and what this will do is this will gain us some hold room capacity. So when you have a 250 seaters and 189 seat aircraft all at the same time, you know, the hold room will will fill up and we want to make sure that we don't have to do any sort of metering with, OK, we're going to do Burbank only and then uh, then we'll do SFO and LAX. We're, we're going to try to do it so that if we move TSA out to the lobby area, what that does is we actually can gain some real estate there to put a second lane. And I'm very interested in doing a second lane so that we have a lot more passenger throughput efficiency. And we can also, one way or another, bring a pre-check. And that should help speed things up as well. So having a, a, a 
pre-check lane. So th- those are some things that we're working out with TSA. And until then, we just want to encourage folks just to make sure they get there and, and keep it an enjoyable experience. What it sounds like is that the airport is experiencing a little bit of growing pains even at the moment, even though it's great. Like these are, you, as you said, great problems to have. It sounds like what we are asking the community for is a, is a little bit of patience, a little bit of thinking ahead, getting to the airport a little earlier, just kind of a more normal, if I can say that, airport experience, right? Like everybody's used yeah. to getting to the airport two hours ahead of time, if you, even if you go to Sacramento or somewhere. Right. Yeah, and that's 100% correct. If you do drive to another airport like Sacramento, yes, you do still have that, you know, arrive early. And that'll make sure that uh, their experience is, is going to be a good one coming out of uh, Reading. And so that that is something that we are asking. It is growing pains. You know, you can't make omelets without breaking eggs. And we're, we're that's what we're doing right now is we're, we're going to be we're going to be looking ahead and seeing what is going to be practical for any sort of growth in the terminal. And Jim, with regard to the new flights, if the community wants to continue supporting the airport and and help see this growth and see additional flights in the future, are there certain thresholds that that we need to meet for specifically for the Alaska Novello Airlines to ensure that they remain content with service in Reading? It all depends on operating costs. I mean, if fuel you know spikes and that's unforeseen, that cost has to be passed through to the passenger. So you'll see that in the airfare. And so I'm trying to keep it so that the costs are going to be low. I mean, we don't have Bay Area rates. We don't have Sacramento rates. Our rates are appropriate for Reading. And, and I think that that helps with the air service uh, development factor. So the other thing, too, is it, it depends on where the destination is. So what's the stage length? I mean, there's operating costs per hour and it depends on the aircraft as well so you know they're they're really good at knowing what their operating costs will be it just depends on the things that are out of their control that they can change and i i know from experience with the la flight i mean we had easily averaged in the mid 80 percent load factors and we certainly saw times where it was like 90 95 percent load factor and mostly full and SFO flight, because it's closer, I mean, United was happy when they were in the mid-70s. So it, it just kind of depends. I mean, the, the objective is to, to fill the seats. I'm assuming there's a lot of people in the community who have either never taken a flight out of the Reading Airport or maybe have flown out of the Reading Airport once or twice in their life. What would you say to that person to get them to take another look at the airport. Why is it a good time to fly out of Reading and why should they take a second look at the Reading Airport? Yeah, thank you for asking that. I would ask I would ask that person to think of it this way. This airport is right here in your backyard and there's certain value that this airport provides uh, that person um, and and that is we're right here and your time is valuable. And if you really want to pencil it out, I think you'll find that this airport has a lot of options, depending on what your need is. It has, it has a lot of options now. This community will have air service options like we have now, so long as the community uses them. And with more usage comes more opportunities. And it's kind of like investing locally. And it may be a little bit rough at the start, but that's not where we're going to end up. We're going to keep enhancing this airport and make it 
an airport that not only they're proud to fly out of, but they enjoy flying out of and they can rely on. The changes that are coming, they're good ones. These are these are good ones that are happening right now. And that's the way I see it. And I hope the community sees it as well, because we're not going to stay status quo. We're going to adjust and adapt and, and, and figure out ways to make it better all the time. So when, when people choose to fly Reading, that can happen. Do you have any feedback about the Reading airports? Do you fly out of Reading? Or why don't you fly out of Reading? We would love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at cityofreading.org.